Hello, Knights of the World Table. We are doing announcements at the top of the show today because there's this whole hubbub in the D&D community right now, and we wanted an opportunity to kind of speak to it a little bit and express some solidarity with, with what's going on. I'm going to try not to go into uh, too much detail on uh, the content of, of what's going on because you can go on to like any D&D forum message board uh, even, you know, creators, third-party creators, whoever, and there's probably something that kind of, like, outlines this issue going on with something called the OGL, which is Open Gaming License. And basically what that is is a long-standing agreement that D&D is kind of based on that allows third-party creators to create content that is compatible with their game. They can't say that this is D&D content, but they can make content that is that you can drop right into your D&D game. It's existed for a long time and it's created a very thriving community of third-party creators that basically provide lots of free advertising and energy to D&D because their products are compatible with D&D. So when they advertise their own products, they're also advertising the game as a whole. It works very well and it creates a very vibrant community. So an example of this would be a last episode's announcements. I talked about a cool set of minis I got from Wildspire Games. And as part of that, there's this little booklet that they publish with D&D stats for each of their minis, like the Beer Goblin and Bookish Dragon Wormling and Hellpug. That booklet is specifically something that can only exist from this open gaming license. Otherwise, they couldn't create those D&D stats. Even though it doesn't say D&D, it says 5E. It had references that you can join the game. There's lots and lots of really awesome content like that. That's all based on this open gaming license. So without all the details that you can find elsewhere, there's articles and all sorts of stuff. Wizards of the Coast, the company that operates D&D, basically declared they're going to replace the open gaming license with a new version. And the new version was pretty devastating to anybody's ability to create in the future without having all their work stolen and potentially having to pay royalties to D&D, etc., etc. So the details I'm not going to go into, but like, it would dramatically alter this kind of vibrant third-party community. So lots and lots of people were up in arms, enough so that a lot of people started canceling D&D Beyond subscriptions. So hitting them in the pocketbook eventually got a response. The first response was uh, kind of lame. It led to more outrage. Second response was better and created some accountability where they're kind of saying like, okay, 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 we're going to... When we revise the OGL, it's going to not include these things and we're going to get a lot of feedback. And so the whole current situation with this open gaming license is, is in development. It might turn out fine. They might really do a good job handling this and this is much ado about nothing and we can all continue playing the game we love. Or it might not turn out fine. And that's this is kind of the big picture that I would like to speak to is not really the specifics of the OGL situation that's going on right now, but just kind of the big picture of the future of D&D. Because Wizards of the Coast, the company that has owned D&D for a long time, was relatively recently acquired by Hasbro, the giant toy corporation. I'm sure almost everybody listening has played with Hasbro products in your childhood or maybe much more recently. And as a corporation, it's going to do what a corporation is intended to do, which is make as much money for its shareholders as possible. And there's good ways to do that that are by making great products for people that want to buy them. And there's less good ways to do that by kind of taking advantage of people, trying to create monopolies, things like that. So 
that's really the question that I see on the horizon here. Regardless of how the OGL thing works out, I think this is Hasbro the corporation's opportunity to go one of two ways. One is they could like really take a step back and and recognize that like wow, there's something here about this like thing that we've acquired that maybe we didn't quite understand when we started rolling this out. You know, let's really take a step back and make sure that the people that are making the corporate decisions about that really understand this like really cool, unique community and make decisions about monetizing this product that we have that like really like capitalize on this passion and work great for everybody for the long term. And that would be awesome. It would take some adjustment. It would take some stepping back and like, you know, could lead to like really, really awesome future for, for Dungeons and Dragons. Or they could take the other path, which is like they kind of let this whole controversy blow over and then they continue with just like updating the OGL however they want. And more than that, just like, you know, I would expect lots of future things like this that are clearly like just money grabs trying to get as much money squeezed out of the community without necessarily adding a lot of value until there's kind of not a lot left in D&D, sadly. Hopefully that's not how it goes, like I said. Uh, but, you know, we did want to take this moment to express solidarity with all the third-party creators out there. This is not something that directly affects us as a podcast, the OGL situation, largely because we don't make any money whatsoever. But uh, for other reasons, it wouldn't directly affect podcasts, but future corporate decisions absolutely could. They could try to, you know, demand royalties for any kind of like media entity that was playing D&D and getting any sort of advertising revenue. Who knows what the future could hold if it was just about kind of like greedy controlling your product sort of stuff. The current like thriving community of of D&D in 5th edition has so much to do with like critical role in the adventure zone and other like incredible creative people using this product to tell incredible stories. And I think that's what I would really like to emphasize at this moment is that really recognize that like D&D, the company, the books, you know, D&D beyond, that is not the heart of what we do. The heart of what we do is us gathering with our friends around a table, physical or metaphorical, to collectively tell awesome stories together. And we do not need, you know, the D&D products to do that. We could do that, you know, we could do that without any product, and we could certainly do that using any any of many, many other awesome systems that are out there. And, and it's important that we, we remember that. And just because kind of like you're familiar with D&D, you don't kind of like drag on <laughs> supporting something that you start to like not want to support so much just because it's it's kind of easier. So I think in solidarity, our message with this podcast to whoever it matters to is like, you know, we're going to keep an eye on these development and, and kind of like what rolls out. And we hope to be able to kind of proudly continue to support D&D and all that they're doing but if that doesn't happen we could very we'd be very happy to switch to something else we could switch you know really at any point it would be difficult to switch kind of mid-season but um 
we could we could finish out this story under a different system without affecting it too much because the heart of what we're doing is is the improv and the fun in each other's characters and we could continue that and we could certainly do future stories future seasons under other other systems if there was something we were more excited and more proud to represent so that's out there you should think about that also with your own games educate yourself a little bit about what's going on if it sounds like something you might care about and you know just make choices that um is going to ultimately support this like really really awesome thing that we do i mean i think this kind of collective storytelling aspect of humanity that D and other role-playing games taps into is like a really amazing thing it's a really amazing experience that not everybody gets if they don't have the opportunity to kind of like tell stories create stories together with their friends and that's something we should cherish it's something that everybody should be able to access it's something that everybody should be able to contribute to and it's something that we love you uh joining us for as we create and enjoy when i introduce uh segments with hello knights of the world table those are all intentional words i don't say hello listeners of knights of the world table i say hello knights of the world table because i consider all of you a part of us just by listening you're a part of our creative process you're a part of this adventure and storytelling that we're all sharing and we thank you very much for your support and your consideration and with that we will move on to this episode and i will have a low voice announcer guy give us a little recap so take it away low voice announcer guy last time on knights of the world table our heroes after concluding their side quests in town joined a daring plan to infiltrate malkadoth's lair riggs introduced them to torque a double agent member of Malkadoth's guard who would escort them into Malkadoth's lair by declaring that they were knights and they had been captured. He bound their arms, took their weapons, and led them into the fortress. The plan worked surprisingly well as they moved through layer after layer of guards, eventually meeting Minister of Operations John Fletcher, who seemed surprisingly pleasant. John Fletcher allowed them into Malkadoth's throne room where there was some smack talk that happened and then eventually Sasha turned into a werewolf and attacked. Roll initiative! So in initiative order, actually, Riggs is going to go first. Riggs knows haste. So I think he will cast that on this uh, werewolf who seems helpful to what? do something with. Riggs, I thought we had a thing. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Sarsa, until the spell ends, your speed is double. You gain plus two bonus to AC. Advantage on dexterity saving throws, and you gain an additional action on each of your turns. Boom. Werewolf times, babies. He'll do a bonus action thing, but not anything you notice. Riggs doesn't really have control of any of the items that you need to fight, so he's not able to like hand out weapons or anything. But he he pull, he's uh, draws a large maul actually that he carries with him and kind of gets into fighting stance. And that will bring us to Branch, who is a spider on yes. the ceiling. A 
I'll tell you what I would like to do. You can tell, I, I have no idea where I am in the room relative to everything else. Uh, You've so. used a full <laughs> two or three rounds of movement as a spider, which is probably not taking you terribly far down this hundred foot chamber. Um, you're certainly a little bit closer to Malkadoth than the rest of the party, but you're also the ceiling is probably also pretty high, maybe 30 feet. So maybe you're roughly equidistant using the trigonometry of that from Malkadoth about 90 feet. I don't want to abuse the amulet powers that you so kindly gave me. Good, um, good. So how long would you say it's an action, a bonus action to, to use the thing to change forms? Yeah, let's call it an action. Can I turn into a bat and like fly the rest of the way and get like behind the throne? You could turn into a bat and then use bat movement. You wouldn't be able to dash, so it would just be however much movement a bat has. So I could fly like 30 feet. <laughs> okay. You got that. Turned into a bat. Probably not very noticeable since yeah. somebody else just turned into a werewolf, and that's drawing a lot of attention. So you're that much closer. Okay. Tiburon, you're next. Um, so I guess opening up the bag of holding would be what? Like use object action? Yep. Okay. And and can I just literally like turn it inside out, or or should I just like open it up and and offer it to everybody? No, dump it all out. It'll be fine. <laughs> I think there's other stuff in there, so you wouldn't necessarily just like dump it. I mean, I think you're probably. I'm gonna assume it works well enough that you can kind of reach in for a specific object, and so within your turn, I would say you could probably hand out. I'll give you two objects. Opening it up. One of the things you're holding is not in the bag of holding, which is Randall's bag. So that's something you could kind of like maybe toss towards him as a free action and maybe okay. hand out two things that are in the bag of holding. I don't remember what exactly what we put in there, but Got it. certainly Gravely's uh -huh. weapons. Yes. Um, Sarsa looks like she might not need a mace at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, not, probably not a priority. So uh, for, first thing I'll do is indeed toss Randall, you're trash. And then uh, throw it right at yes, him. yes. And then gravely, reach in, and uh, uh, I hand him. What is it? Bow and arrow? What is? It? Yeah, my yeah. my bow, my quiver, and my bow. Got it. And then I guess branches staff is in here. Actually, no? I, th I I would have everything on me because it, oh. it all. Goes yeah, you could transform, transform with it. So I think we we could call his bow and his quiver separate objects. Okay. So you get. All right, great. Those are the main things. Assuming Sarsa is not going to be too mace dependent. Sarsa in battle usually is casting, and she's currently a werewolf, so she definitely shouldn't be too in need of any objects like right away. I'm a free lady, baby. Anything else Tiburon might do? Positioning, moving? Yeah, because I'm in the back, I think he would turn around to face the guards, the guards. behind them. Yeah, okay. And sort of like take them on. Um, they're pretty close, right? I probably wouldn't need to like move too much closer to them. Yeah, I'd say you're pretty much in melee distance of them. I think they're specifically standing in melee range as okay. guards. I just get in between the group and those guards and okay. position myself. And it's like, ready to go. Gravely is next up. Okay. Your weapons have been tossed towards you. You have binders still on. Torque has not yet released them. So if you want to make a dexterity roll with disadvantage to just try to catch those with bound hands, you can. Otherwise, they probably sort of clatter to your feet. Dexterity with disadvantage? Yeah, because handcuffs. I'll just yell out, Torque, the binders. Uh, I rolled an eight. 
Yep, probably not going to work. So they ah, they sort of I like just, like do a little fumble like ah. yeah. <laughs> ah, can I can, so I can't open up the binders that they're not just like loose. No, it's Torque that has control of them because they had um, to be active and kind of lit up for you to be able to get this far. It would have been too obvious. Can can you describe the the room? Is there a place to like hide behind like a column or or a, a pew or a throne or or something like that? Like I want to get within. Um, I'll, I can use my movement, maybe an extra in a dash to like get to something for cover. Yeah, I'd say there's probably kind of like some columns along either side, maybe every 15 feet or so All columns right, lighting to the right or the left. But also against those walls, kind of like beyond the columns are these they haven't like reacted or moved in any way. But there's these kind of like armored figures lining the walls over there, too. Cool. Of course. OK, um, I will go over to the nearest uh, column that I can hide behind that I still have pretty good eyesight on Malkadoth and okay. I'll, I'll just kind of be I'll just keep yelling like talk release the binders can I have held an action uh yes <laughs> sure okay <laughs> yes you All can right. have held the action so All right I'm gonna hold an action to so you end up standing kind of like awkwardly still. So do you still want to have like hid back there or do you I'll want still, to? I'll still use my movement to to move to. OK, you know, sure. So feet. yeah, I'll let you hold that because it's more fun that way. Torque goes next and uh, fiddles with the binders, uh, not with the binders, but his device that unlocks the binders. And then similarly to Tiburon kind of turns around towards the guard that's like right behind him. And uh, that will bring us to Sarsa. No, that will bring us to Gravely's held action. I assume your held action was waiting for binders to unclick. So that yes. happens. So so a held action is just the action. I can't cast a bonus action. I realize that. Yep. So I'm just going to shoot the dude, Malkadoth, in, uh, with my arrows. 25 to hit. Ooh. Um. Miss. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that he's having to look. <laughs> Is that the first attack roll of the season? Uh, probably. No, maybe. First serious attack roll. <laughs> I think we've attacked a door. So you're battle hardened this season. It's not yeah. like you're out of. It's not <laughs> like you're out of practice or anything. Uh, yeah, twenty five will hit. Roll damage. Uh, fourteen piercing damage. All right. Um, you probably have two attacks, right? Because ranger held action. It's one action that you get two attacks for, so that still stands. Okay, I will make my second attack with sharpshooter feet. So I'm going to choose to take a minus five penalty to the attack roll. But if I hit, I get plus 10 to the to the damage. All right. All right. All right, baby. High stakes. High stakes. Natural 20. Okay. Oh, shut up. Okay. So that's a 31. <laughs> oh. 31 minus five. So that's uh, That'll 26. Hit. The natural 20 will hit as an attack roll. Okay, yeah. that's a crit, crit. Okay, so okay, double your okay, dice okay, and okay, make it happen. It doesn't okay. double the sharpshooter thing, but it doubles dice. You don't right. have Hunter's Markup. So it'll be whatever crit damage is plus 10. Yeah. So 27 plus 8, 35. 35 damage altogether. Yes, sir. Ouch. Good heavens. Well, this concludes season six. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Win. Gravely, baby. God. You fire that second arrow and it hits him square in the chest. And besides, like, obviously, like, very much startling him and he kind of, like, staggers backwards, you kind of notice it, like, 
didn't really behave in the way that you would expect an arrow hitting like heavy armor would hit like clearly hit him <laughs> went into him he reacts as if he got shot in the chest with an arrow but like the notion of like if you were shooting an arrow with heavy armor hitting it square even if it went through it just like move in a certain way that like it didn't kind of like move huh. like it was hitting heavy armor something's off and that will bring us to sarsa that's a me sarsa i don't think he's actually wearing armor just a hunch. I mean, we, we want to attack this guy, right? Yeah, I'm just kind of yelling to you. Yeah. Well, Sars is in wolf mode. She is? It's wolfing? Yeah. I want to, because I've got haste, right? And you said this guy is, what, 90? 90 feet, feet yes. And haste means I can go double my distance? Uh, Let me reread that. She's going the distance. You got better AC, advantage on decks. Additional action can only be used to attack, dash, disengage, or hide, or use an object. Speed is doubled, yes. She's doubled her speed. You've also got an action where you could dash, so like you could definitely get wherever you need to get on this turn. She's a werewolf, 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 in her time of need. Because my wolf form speed is 40, 40 feet, mm-hmm. so I could travel 80 feet Dang. and be right there. Mm-hmm. And then dashing and crashing and turning into wolf. Dashing <laughs> to the throne <laughs> in a werewolf form today. Pause the battle. <laughs> Let's just rip on this. Throat. He won't be all okay. the way. <laughs> 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 Doth is dead. He's gonna die real soon. Melee is like five feet, so I won't be quite in melee range, but I can get within ten feet of him. Do it. Let's pause there. So you like you're gonna use your haste speed just to get up to eighty feet. So that will you'll you're at ten feet with him. So we're that far, right? Mm-hmm. I think so. That like brings you right up to the edge of kind of like a a little bit a little platform that this throne is on, mm-hmm. and you're like right at the edge of that where you kind of reach forward and you're pushed back a little bit. And it's not that like you hit it like a solid barrier, but like as you surge forward, it's like the air is thick. It like resists you so there's something here that it's not fully stopping you but like some sort of barrier that like whatever you do next it seems like it's going to impair your movement a little bit you have two actions and a bonus action left you could use one of those to dash to get some more movement or you could try to cast a spell or you can do a lot of things uh i'm in wolf mode so i'm gonna i'll do that dash to get that little extra movement because i want I want him to feel my breath on his face. Yeah, so you cover the 80 feet with just movement, and then like you use your action to dash, which should you get you another 40 feet. As you step into this platform, like you feel it like resist you fully, and basically your full dash that should go 40 feet doesn't only gets you the 10 feet like right up to him so you like you get where you want to go but you're like moving in in slow motion almost with that in mind the attack i'd like to make is pounce which requires me Mm -hmm. to move at least 15 feet toward straight towards a creature uh and then hit it with a claw attack on the same turn yeah i think you did you've moved uh you've moved 90 feet i mean i I figure i've earned this well, I just realized that I have to make the attack first and then the pounce 
comes into play if the attack lands. Yeah, so basically, if the werewolf moves at least 15 feet straight towards a creature and then hits it with a claw attack on the same turn, the target must succeed on a DC 14 strength saving throw or be knocked prone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, so you're pouncing, you're attacking, you're going to roll your claw attack. So that's going to be a 14 to hit. That will hit. The target's going to make a strength saving throw? Well, first he's going to take seven damage. Okay. And then he makes a strength saving throw. Fifteen. That'll save. So he's not marked, mm. knocked prone. So you launch this pounce and it's good werewolf form, but you like jump forward and enter this barrier. So essentially like full snarling wolf claws out launching at this creature. Like you go towards it in slow motion and still land on him and sink your claws in and do that damage but not surprisingly you're not able to like knock him down and also that was real weird but looked super epic from the other end (laughs) of the uh, other end of the throne room here i mean i just traveled like 100 feet and then i get a bonus action uh yeah if you have one you have bonus action left yeah bonus action i'm gonna cast my spiritual weapon let's let's do it at a level fourth level okay and then that gets to hit him still an anchor do you have a wolf version of your spiritual weapon it's a furry anchor it's it's just a tongue (laughs) no just kidding (laughs) like a dog tongue no it's still an anchor she's she's true to herself the gigantic paw uh and that's gonna be ooh a 26 to hit dang that will hit as well (laughs) and that's gonna be 17 damage 17 anchor damage he just got like walloped a bunch of a bunch of times by a bunch of things. He's looking pretty seriously staggered and pushed back into his throne. In fact, Sarsa, I think you almost he was like sitting in his throne when he got shot by two arrows and you ran up and jumped on him, so you're probably kind of like on top of him in his Like I said, right I want now. him to and- smell my breath. And it smells like whiskey and dog. Hair of the dog. Yep. <laughs> Randall, it's your turn. All right, Randall's going to get his uh, bag of trash, and he's going to open it up, and he's going to pull out the uh, broken electric guitar that he had and the little amp, and he's going to throw it on real fast. Then he's going to kind of warm it up. He's going to... And then there's like another guard in the room, right? Besides our guy? There are two guards towards the back. Yeah. All right. And Randall's going to say... Long live Chancellor Kerr, down with the fascists. And he's going to pull a string on his electric guitar back, and an arrow is going to magically appear inside the space, and then it's going to fly off, and it's going to head towards one of the guards. Roll attack for that. 14. Miss. All right, and then he's going to like keep riffing on the like uh, note that it made. Time to end fascism. And he's going to give uh, bardic inspiration to uh, Tiburon. And so that's what kind of dice he can add to what kind of rolls? D6. Ability check, attack roll, or saving throw. Ability check, attack roll, or saving throw. You have a D6 to add to that. I think you have it for like a minute, I think. Something like that. Ten minutes. Ooh, all right. So you can do it, add it to any of those rolls. I believe you can choose to add it after you roll, but before you know the result on any of those rolls in the next 10 minutes. Is that your turn, Randall? That's it. All right. Then he eats some garbage. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> nom, 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 nom. 
that'll wrap us around. So that was a uh, so the surprised condition, surprise condition for everybody who didn't go in that round. That will take us around to the top of the order uh, where it will be Lord Malkadoth's turn. He's going to uh, pull up something in his hand, and uh, I mean, Sarsa the Wolf is like right on top of him, so I think he's gonna like point it right at your chest and cast Lightning Bolt. Oh, jeez. Bring it! A stroke of lightning forming a line 100 feet long and 5 feet wide blasts out from you in a direction you choose, which is towards the wolf on top of him. Each creature in line must make a dexterity saving throw. A creature takes a fair amount of lightning damage on a failed save. So that's going to go through... Sarsa, you'll make your dexterity saving throw, which I believe haste gives you a little help to. I think it said plus two. Plus two bonus to AC. Advantage on dexterity saving throw, so you'll have advantage. So going through, it's going to cover the full length of the chamber. She's kind of like squarely in the middle facing him. So that's going to like shoot down the middle of the chamber. It's going to miss the bat because he's way up high. Gravely is behind a barrier. Um, I'm going to say it's going to hit Randall. Ah. Uh, I think just Randall because Tiburon's probably a little bit off to the side, squaring off against that guard. So you also make a dexterity saving throw. Sarsa and Randall. Nine. Probably not going to do it. first roll was a three. All right. Advantage. They got a 17. Ooh. 17 and 9. Oh, you know what? Those are both hits. Uh, You're going to Whoa. take 8d6 lightning Jeez. damage. I'll roll that for both of 86. you. 8d6. 26 points for both of you of lightning damage. Zach, did we, uh, did we decide that my werewolf stats stack kind of like druid rules? Or is this from my base HP? Uh, we decided you do not know the answer to that because you have not been beaten to a pulp in werewolf form. So you're going to take that out of werewolf HP. And if you run out of werewolf HP, let me know. Okay. You said 26, right? Yeah. Okay. The lightning ignites flammable objects in the area that aren't being worn or carried. I don't know if lightning has any other effects. We'll say no for now, but all your hair is also standing up. I think as a werewolf being hit, like all your werewolf hair and Randall's possum hair, everything, you look way bigger, both of you, because everything's standing <laughs> straight out. Randall, any trash like your bag? Uh, if your bag, if your garbage bag was just a regular garbage bag, Randall, it would definitely burst into flames. But if it had any sort of like magical property, it might be more resistant to that. Certainly whatever you were eating and any other kind of refu refuse that has fallen to the floor, that would burst into flames. <laughs> no, my trash. <laughs> any effect on my electric guitar? So <laughs> good. It's supercharged. I don't know. Is it a regular electric guitar or a magical it's, electric it's guitar? No, it's a broken electric guitar. Okay, it's more broken, I would say, <laughs> in that sort of situation. Couple I mean, those are usually made out afraid. of those are usually made out of fiberglass, so that's not that's not flammable. So it's in slightly less good condition than it was before, for sure. Ah, even better. So uh, that kind of throws Sarsa back a little bit, giving uh, Malkadoth a little bit of wiggle room. And he kind of disappears from underneath you and you see him reappear by the door kind of like midway down this chamber on the right side. 
which is actually a little bit closer to some of you. There's a column nearby that kind of obfuscates the like direct line of attack from where he is, but not hard to maneuver around. So he disappears from the throne, reappears next to the door on the right, and opens that door, which looks, you don't really see the movement, but it looks a little bit more complicated than just like turning a knob. And he passes through it to where you don't see him. That is Malkadoth's turn. That will bring us back to Riggs. Well, look at that. I gave Riggs a lot of concentration spells. Probably should have looked more closely at that. Uh, Riggs charges towards that door to pursue Malkadoth, and it like slams shut like right in front of him. And he kind of gets to the door and pushes against it and kind of like tries the knob on it and doesn't seem able quite to immediately pursue. Next up is Bat Branch. Bat branch. I was spider branch, and now I am bat branch. Spider branch. Spider branch. Did we do that before? I don't think we did that. He's a spider branch. I thought about it. Um, Continue. How far away is that door? That door is almost exactly midway through the chamber. So So I'd made it like 30-something feet further than I had been when I was a spider when I was the bat. Mm -hmm. So you're probably past it. So it is below you, <laughs> a little that way, maybe 20 feet to your right, and back 30 feet or so. So again, well, you also have the height. You've got to like, if you wanted to get to the door, you got to like circle around, fly down, <laughs> back towards it. Probably. What did you say your bat movement is? 40 feet? Something like that? 30 feet flying. Okay. I will fly and then dash, I guess. To, and then I'm going to use my bonus action to turn into a combat wild shape of... You changed what I was planning on doing, so give me a sec. Uh, I land, and I will turn into a cave bear. And then I'll and turn right. a parade. And then I think I think that's, that's all my actions, right? Because I flew, I actioned, and then I bonus actioned into my, into my bear. So you are become a cave bear. Do you have stuff to do, or are you just being a bear? I, th- I think that uses all my all my stuff, right? Because Sounds I, about right. I flew, and then I used my action to dash... So I could get over there and then I bonus action. So I don't I don't think I have anything left that I can All right. do on this turn. But you also I, don't I, have direct access to Malkadoth. So you just kind to like land behind Riggs as a big bear. <laughs> yeah. And I roar really loud. Roar. Um, I mean, in terms of stance, do you want to kind of like be oriented towards the door or facing off against anything else? Um, I'll I'll get I'll have Riggs back, and so I'll face I'll face out away. So back to back with with Riggs. Okay. Yeah. So you've got his back. Facing into the chamber. Lots of stuff going on. The uh, woman that was standing off to Malkadoth's side uh, reacted a lot, kind of like moving towards all the movement, the werewolf dashing towards them. She kind of stumbled back and, and acted as if maybe she wanted to attack it. Maybe not. But at this point, she turns and moves towards the other door, the door on the left. And uh, with her movement, makes it uh, off to that door and goes through that. It closes behind her. Also around this time, actually uh, more around the time Malkadoth went through the door a little bit earlier, all the kind of like stoic armored figures lining the walls disappear. They appear to have just been illusions. So all those, which through all of this, none of them moved. So there's probably kind of a sense of like, those don't seem quite as dangerous as other things going on. All of those figures disappear. The two guards that actually like accompanied you and came through the door 
they're still there. John Fletcher is still there. Malkadoth through the door. This woman that was near Malkadoth is through the other door. And still a lot going on. That brings us to Tiburon. You are facing what appears to be a very real guard. Close enough to attack, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for an attack with my scimitar. Stabby, stabby. That's a 13. Miss. Ooh, okay. I believe I got the second attack off that attack action. Mm Mm-hmm. Ooh, a one. <laughs> uh, yeah, also a miss. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. And first uh, one is like parried by the guard, and the second one, the guard kind of like deftly, like kind of maneuvers around and like not only just like deflects your bows, but kind of your blow, but kind of like pushes it back to to like stagger you a little bit backwards, <sighs> just narrowly missing, like driving your blade like into your own arm. Curse um, your salty bones. Um, I'm going to go for an action surge and mm-hmm. uh, give myself another attack. Come on, come on baby. 12. <laughs> not nope. not going to do it. Nothing. Man. Oof. First one is a 13, right? So, you know, you yeah. have to beat that. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I... You still get two attacks on the action surge. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. I think yeah. you have... Uh, Bonus action, too, as a whatever you are. You were like two-handed fighter, right? Yep. Keep them coming. One of them's got to go. Keep them coming. This is with your strength right. bonus, right? That should add oh. a little little bounce. God, another one. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? Uh, just just bad dice tonight, boys. Tiburon's level of intimidation is sharply declining. <laughs> and I guess final roll. Okay, finally. All right. A 19. 19 will hit. Attack roll. <laughs> Hallelujah. The guard is like Matrix style, like block, 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 block. Doesn't even seem to be breaking a sweat, getting really <laughs> cocky. And then you just go like straight through the middle of the guard's guard and like finally catch him. Roll damage for that. Yeah. Uh, that is 17. Ouch. Definitely changes that guard's mind about your uh, level of danger. Is that your turn? That is it. Next up is. Torque. Torque's over there with the the other guard. He's definitely compromised now as a traitor, so that's going to be a big deal for... Oops. Torque. He attacks and misses. Attacks again. uh, Misses again. Ooh. Crits uh, on his third attempt at an attack with this guard. It's a similar kind of like back and forth melee block. Attempt block, attempt block, and finally he gets through the guard's guard. Does some damage. Brings us to the guard's turn. Hey, what about? I didn't go. I was after. I was after uh, Carlos. Uh, okay, yeah, that's right. Where is Malkadoth? What he he went through a door in relation to. He me. went through a door that's on the right, kind of in the middle of this chamber on the right, and you dashed to the left, so he's on the kind of like far side of this chamber from you through a door that Riggs is at trying to open. You've got uh, the guard that Torque's facing off with to your right. The other guard that Tiburon is facing off with a little farther out on your right. And this door that Malgadoth went through to is roughly in front of you from where you are behind this thing. Okay. And the guards have just been punching and slashing. They, they haven't done any magic or anything like that. The guards haven't really had a turn yet, so you don't really know what they oh. can do. But they're they're pretty good at defending themselves. Okay. Um, I will yell out, let's head after Malkadoth. 
Hurry! I will use my movement to run towards the door he went through. So back towards the left side of the room, however close I can get. And then I will shoot at the guard that's in that direction. Guard Torcus fighting is near you. You can dash across the chamber towards the door. And then you're a little bit closer to the one fighting Tiburon. But in, in bow range, you could shoot at either one of them. I'll shoot at the one that was fighting Torque. Okay. Our friend Torque. Our good friend... Mr. Torque. Okay, I'll shoot at him. First attack, 19 to hit. Hit. Uh, that'll be 15 piercing damage, damage with okay. uh, lightning uh, elemental arrow. Mm. Buzz, buzz. All right, that's a hit. Second attack, same guy, 28. <laughs> hit. Oh, gravely. Fire arrow, 13 damage. Mm. Okay. He looks pretty oh, beat up. Plus three. So so 18 altogether. Okay. What was the plus I mean, three 16. for? 16. Colossus Slayer. Okay. That guard looks pretty wrecked pretty quick. And I'll, I'll run towards the, the door. So that brings you up pretty close to Riggs and a cave bear, which you're pretty confident is Branch. And that will that will take us to the guard's turn. So the guard facing off with um, Tiburon will attack back. Well, the first one's going to miss. Second attempt, 19. Just hits. Ooh. Um, he is swinging a great sword at you. He's gonna hit you for five damage. Ooh, did not roll Ooh. great. And then he kind of like looks you in the eye as his sword is making contact with you, and you feel like startlingly cold for a moment. And like making eye contact with him, you have a real strong like not exactly mortal sort of uh, vibe. His eyes are like. Uh. Deep and empty, and uh, make a constitution saving throw. Okay. Not in a sexy way. Like no. Deep and empty, like bad, bad. <laughs> oh, uh, can I'm I sorry. Is a... there a, is there a sexy version of deep and empty? <laughs> you know, you deep look deep. Oh, yeah, into somebody yeah, deeply, yeah. not so much empty. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's not at all sexy unless Tiburon's into out. that. Mm. <laughs> uh, can I use the bardic inspiration for this roll? Uh, yes. <laughs> I needed that. Uh, a 14. Ooh, almost. Okay. Um, but you take 10 additional points of probably necrotic damage. Ah, you feel it kind of like tear at you from the inside. I can feel it. It feels very, very cold, like in your soul, but it's not cold damage. It's necrotic. Uh, Are you okay? Uh, and then just a weak thumbs up going up from over. <laughs> All right, <my> cool. <laughs> I'm heading towards you. As you say that, the like great sword is still like a little bit in him, cutting into him. He like slowly withdraws it. Um, that will be that guard's turn. Doesn't really uh, move. We'll go over to the other guard fighting Torque. Similarly, Torque is able to dodge the first one, and then the second attack hits him. Oops. Attack hits him pretty hard, and then the same kind of soul gaze sort of situation happens. So uh, he attempts to resist. Similarly, fails. Yeah, and, and Torque goes kind of like really, really pale, Gets hit in a very similar way to Tiburon, but kind of like staggers back like it hit him in a, in a much harder way. He's still kind of like 
up on his feet, but doesn't look good. And that will be the guard's turn. Brings us to Sarsa. So I'm up on the throne. Homeboy just vanished and went yeah. through that door. Which, like, you're on the throne by yourself. So, like, it pretty much makes you, I think, the queen, right? I mean, I obviously it's inferred. Um, yeah, cool. Inferred. <laughs> it's implied. So there's guards. The, the guards are between us and the door, like, that he went through or the door out? Or where? What's no, the, the door Malgadoth went through is just closed. Um, the guards are at the back of the chamber. They came in behind you from the kind of like main entry you came through. And how far is that door from me that he went through? 45 feet, maybe slightly more because it's off to the left. About 50 feet. I'm just booking it for that door. And yeah, I'm gonna book it for that door. So with a regular movement, you'll make it within 10 feet of there. You are close to a bear, bear branch, and gravely, and you. Because with the haste, I get 80 feet of movement. Mm, that's true. You're all the way there. You're all up in that. So I want to go through the door and tell me what I see. The door is closed. Riggs is trying to open it. Well, then I'm going to smack at it with my spiritual weapon, which I will move towards the door. Mm. Sure. Roll an attack. <laughs> to, uh, roll to attack door. Ooh, that's a nat 20. Oh. 27. Glad we used it on a door. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I had a nat 20 on, on the main dude. That's true. See, that was a good use of it. Jen Zach had a that. very Zach had a very elaborate puzzle set up on this door, and Jen just knocked it down. I was gonna say <laughs> I was just gonna have it clang off of things and do nothing, but I feel like a nat twenty has to kind of do something. Yeah, I think uh, werewolf Sarsa running up kind of like distracts Riggs, and he turns around, and uh, behind werewolf Sarsa comes this anchor flying at him, and he like ducks, and it like hits the door hard and for whatever reason like something clicks and the door kind of like <laughs> with the anchor like embedded in it the, the door kind of like creaks open it's very dark in there and that's where you're at i opened the door <laughs> rick says uh yeah uh thanks uh so it's very dark my dark vision doesn't really do much for me in here my personal take on dark vision is it's like, you know, like cat's vision, like it's night vision. You're really adapted, but I think, yeah, it's black and white. But I think like in a brightly lit room, looking into something dark, you don't like necessarily penetrate your, your, once you're in a dark area, your, your eyes adapt quickly, but like you can't see too much more than anybody else would just like staring immediately into this darkness at this moment. You probably see a little bit farther than like Tiburone would, but it's not, you don't see anything in that range. So I've got my keen hearing and smell. Mm-hmm. So I want to like try and, and I guess maybe I can use the dash action or something, but I just basically want to like do a quick little loop around the room and see. And since this guy, I've been close enough to him, like I can smell him. I want to see if I can smell him. So you want to dash into that dark room and take a, whiff around well like can i smell him as i enter the room um, i mean so, yeah. i like i said we have been we have been very close <laughs> roll for smell uh it's a seven. Oh, <laughs> wait hold on you have keen smell 
Oh, to I get have advantage. advantage. Yeah. yeah. My, my bear also has that. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. Mm. All right. So you dash in there. You smell. You get a little little hint of, of Malkadothness, it, but it's it's covered up because uh, there's some other kind of strong smells in this area, which are like you kind of get a whiff of sort of like singed burning and also um, like a little bit of an acidic smell and also a little bit of a I feel like there's a specific smell people describe after like lightning strikes like, ozone what is ozone yeah so ozone burning and acid is all kind of like faintly mixed into this room and you get a little hint of the scent of Melkadoth that you just smelled recently but you don't think both with your smell and your as your dark vision kind of adapts doesn't appear to be in this room, which seems to be like roughly. Then I will dash forward and see if there's anything on the far side of the room, like another door that he might have gone through. Straightforward. You run into some sort of like pedestal or something, sort of in the middle, and kind of navigate around that. And there's not a door like straight across, running straight in. You're kind of like run into the corner of this room. Like the door you went in was one corner of a square room, and you kind of get to the other corner. There's not a door over there. I'm going to yell out, you can run, but you can't hide. I'll find you. <laughs> frightening. <laughs> but like werewolfy. Yeah, I'll frightening. Well, find you. <laughs> Roll intimidation for your werewolfy taunt. Oh, oh. <laughs> that was a nat one, so it was a mm. five. <laughs> I'll find you. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't seem to intimidate casting out in the darkness. Um, that'll bring us to Randall. All right. So a guard was attacking our friend. Attacking Torque and attacking Tiburon. Tiburon's tough, though. So uh, Randall is going to unplug his guitar from his little broken amp that he has. He's going to plug in a little microphone and he's going to try to, he's going to point it towards the guard that's um, next to Torque. And he's going to start kind of doing this like melodic. Hey, hey, we're going to get you. We're going to get you. Oh, ah, yeah. Kind of like a scat <laughs> thing. And so he's casting a uh, dissonant whispers. Mm. So that is a uh, wisdom save. A wisdom save for guard. All right. Ooh. <laughs> I tried to reroll to give him advantage, and I rolled an 18 and a 20. So I don't okay. think that works unless your yeah, spell no, save he, is real high. No, no, no. It is not that high. So, yeah. He he kind of like turns his gaze towards you, which the, their gazes seem to be especially empowered. And he turns that gaze towards you at your attempt. And you see his eyes, his kind of like cold, empty eyes, and kind of like that interrupts your your spell attempt it's pretty chilling yeah he'll still take uh two damage and that was mm. rolling a four on 3d6 so a pretty pretty bad roll Dang. that's an impressively low roll on three one six. one two one one two all Halved right for two so that one looks like really really wrecked but like the like cold gaze doesn't really seem to be interrupted by how like torn up the guard's body is Anything else for Randall? He's going to uh, head towards like where everybody's going at the back of the room. Okay, the... head towards that door? Yeah. 
Cool. Uh, next up, that'll wrap around to the top of the order where Riggs walks into the room and pulls out some, looks like some sort of pad he has with him where he has some notes, but it's also super dark in this room. Let me see if he has anything in the way of making light. Aziz, light. I don't think he has any sort of like magical lighting abilities, so he can't do much. Like he probably has a torch or something, but he's doesn't quite want to fiddle with that yet. So he like charges in. Sarsa, you watch him like charge in and pull out this thing and then like look at it and he can't see and kind of like double back to try to kind of like catch the light that's flooding in from the the throne chamber to try to look at the notes he has on this little um, some pieces of paper he pulls out. Bear Ranch, your turn. Bear Ranch will go into the room. All right. Assuming once my eyes adjust. I could see, I assume, where where Sarsa is. <laughs> where Sarsa? <laughs> bear has dark vision as well. Uh-huh. It's a cave bear. Uh, yeah. Walking into this room, eyes adjusting a little bit, you can see uh, werewolf Sarsa on the far side of this room that you entered a corner of. So there's a corner of the room to your left, corner to the right, corner in front of you that Sarsa's in little pedestal to the front. Uh, it looks like there's something on each wall in the kind of center of each wall. Uh, you can't super clearly make out, um, but there's maybe something on the written in the middle of the walls or something like that. And you think you see some sort of a door off to your to the left, the corner on the left. There's where the door is. I will go to the door. It is closed and it doesn't have like a doorknob or anything. It's like a... You can just kind of see that, like, it's almost like solid rock, but you can kind of see that it's, like, flat. It doesn't come to a corner. It seems to be, like, that's the exit point. I, I will. I would like to try to, uh, like, claw it open. <laughs> mm, roll a strength check. Don't Yay. roll a crit. Uh, I will try not to. I didn't, uh, but I got 21. Mm, you use your great and mighty cave bear strength. And uh, not much happens. Does it move at all? Like, does it have any give or is it just like nothing? You get just like with a very strong strength roll, you get enough give that you can kind of tell how the door works, that it like slides off to one side, but it doesn't give any like it doesn't do that. You can just kind of the way it jiggles, you can kind of tell how it's supposed to work. Cool. Jiggles a little more on the right side than the left. It looks like it slides off to the left. I will use uh, my telepathy a feat that I took uh, a while back and never Andy. use to let, let's say, Sarsa know uh, that the doors eh, There is a slidey door over here that I cannot open. And then that's that's my turn. Nice. All right. Tiburon, you're out there facing off with a guard that really freaked you out last time. Uh, still engaged? Yeah. Has he taken damage from anyone else? <laughs> No, <laughs> kind of hurting your feelings a bit. Everybody who t attacked a guard attacked the other guy with <laughs> who was a fighting torque who y'all met like an hour ago. <laughs> That's fine, baby. More for Tiburon. We all know Tiburon can handle himself. Yeah, he, he's good. Yeah, he's all right. right. He's very strong. <clears throat> all right, let's go uh, straight for an attack. Took down a shock one time. Ooh, yeah, 21. Hit. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess, let me just go ahead and roll the other attack along with it. Oh, a 20 on that one. Sweet. Mm. Okay. 
Both of those will All hit. Right. So first one is 12 damage. All right. And second one is 15 damage. That will fell this guard, takes him down, he collapses. Yeah. Looks pretty dead. Does he look normal dead or like undead dead, you know? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure how you would tell the difference between <laughs> undead and dead. Like the the way he like chill gazed you, like it definitely gave you maybe like undead vibes. But mm-hmm. he's uh, whichever he was, like he seems non functional now. Like the he's the... red blooded and warm like a tauntaun on the inside. Is what I'm asking. Uh, I he, I don't think so. Like if you want to like feel him a little bit, <laughs> I think he would be cold to the touch. <laughs> <laughs> poke at him uh, feel him take his temperature <laughs> could, could, could i use that as my free handle an object action just like sure stick my hand in the entrails handle right. him oh, just a, oh just a quick feel and then <laughs> just feeling inside the entrails just yeah check, just checking it is unsettlingly cold you don't think it was alive to begin with <laughs> in the traditional sense uh before the end of my turn i just yell out to whoever is still present in this room. I think we're dealing with undead here. That's not surprising. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, people in the room, Randall hasn't had a turn. Gravely is waiting at the door. This is largely just Torque and the two of them, I think. That'll bring us to Torque's turn. He's facing off against the other guard who's looking pretty bad, facing Randall. Hey, I, you forgot me again. Dang it. Yeah, that's true. Gravely's turn. Okay, so have I reached the door? Yeah. And it's open. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing inside? It's dark in there. Some people went in. What's the assessment, Sasa? There's a, a door in the corner, I think. But he, he's not in this room. There, there's just a lot of sulfur burning smells in here. I can't get a read on exactly where he went, but I'm going to try this other door. Yes, door is here. Is anyone hurt? Uh, Tiveron raises his hand. I that's <laughs> pretty hurt. I, I got a I got a little, a little banged up, but I think Tiveron might be worse. All or right, probably about the same. Randall took a lightning bolt too. <laughs> Randall and Sarsa both got real electrocuted. Tiveron got like uh, torn up by the guard, and uh, Torque did too. All right, um, I- I'm going to uh, um. <clears throat> Uh, use a bonus action to do mass healing word, which won't mm-hmm. help out. I can I can uh, help out six characters, which I think um, that will do uh, the four of you. That'll get everybody who's injured because you're not. I don't think, and Branch I, I'm is not. not. Um, but I, I I can do uh, Randall uh, uh, Randall and and uh, everybody that's hurt and and talk and you know. All right, and then so you guys will heal uh, three points. <laughs> wow, that's a lot. Um, and then uh, I will—that's uh, my bonus action. And then I'll also—I'll cast light in the room. Ah, that is helpful. So gravely will. So you entering the room? Mass healing yeah. word, everybody reading in there, entering the room and casting light. Yeah, I take you an cast arrow. light on an object. I take an arrow and just and just uh, say Lumos and then uh, throw <laughs> it up and it uh, sticks in the ceiling. It goes and then it just kind of uh, has it's like a little floating chandelier arrow. 
Cool. Fletching. That's how I cast light. Nice. Um, All right. What do we see in the room? Yeah. So the room is, it's a square room and there are, um, there is kind of like a closed stone door off to the left. In front of you is where Sarsa went to. Uh, in the middle of each of the walls is kind of like a compass looking kind of thing. Um, it's the same symbol on each one. And there's sort of like a platform in each sort of like compass uh, etching. There's actually like an arrow on each wall that like points towards the compass. And up there's a picture of a fire. To the left, there's a picture of like a moon, like a sliver moon, crescent moon. To the down, it looks like a lightning bolt. And to the right, it looks like there's like jagged wavy lines, a series of uh, not wavy, but jagged lines like pointing down. Not totally clear what that symbol means. Um, And that's the same on each wall with like a pointer that looks like you could turn to look at one of those. Um, And there's this sort of like pedestal thing in the middle. Okay. Uh, Sorry. Okay. So uh, the pointer is in, it's like a circle and you said it's a compass. So the pointer is like in the middle, like a compass. Yeah. Basically there's a compass and a pointer that could point at any of those four symbols. Okay. So wavy lines. Oh, it can turn like it's Mm -hmm. not. Okay. Wait, say say the four again. Wavy lines, a sun. Up fire, left moon, down lightning, right jagged lines pointing down. Up fire, down lightning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Left is moon and right is jagged lines pointing down. What is it pointing at right now, Zach? Uh, they're all pointing at different ones currently. How many of them are there? Four? Yeah, there's one on each wall. All right. I mean, I guess that's my turn. I can't... I'll, I, I can't... Uh investigate further but okay yeah Ooh. Ah, ah there's clues in here <laughs> weird symbols uh that'll bring up the guard fighting torque uh catches him hard with a sword Ugh. and again uh so both hits like hit torque pretty hard um sword goes like into him on the second one and the guard does the same kind of like deep gaze into his soul he was already looking pretty bad and uh this light this last like soul gaze seems to like take the last thing out of torque but like as he goes down this seems to be his kind of like dying move but he uh raises his i don't know what kind of weapon torque has uh, it's a wrench. It's a torque wrench. Ha ha. I did heal him for three points, though, Zach. I don't, let's not forget. It did. And that was almost <laughs> if the <laughs> if the second sword hadn't gone deeply into him and mm. then the little soul gaze like might have pulled him out of it. But uh, uh, it's not going to work. Uh, but like as he kind of like goes down, he raises his giant wrench that he's wheeling and just like slams it into this guard's face and it goes into the guard like right into the guard's cold cold dead eyes and the guard collapses and they kind of like both collapse in a in a heap doesn't yeah, seem he like was, he was pretty hurt already by my arrows right yeah that guard was was pretty wrecked by okay. you and randall both went after him okay. so 
Torque was able to take him down in the last breath, but it doesn't seem like he's uh doesn't seem like Torque's okay. Hey Torque, um, get in here. We need your uh local assistance. Tiburon's the only in that one actually Randall would have been pretty close to that happening. Tiburon's also over there having just dispatched his own guard. That'll bring up to Sarsa's turn. Alright. Um I wanna head over to the wall that um uh branch was saying that the or where the door was Mm -hmm. but as i'm going i want to so i'm assuming i'll be passing by one of the walls with the pointy thingy and the symbols yeah i want to so i'm heading in that direction but the wall that i'm passing i want to move the thingy so it's pointing at the moon Mm. okay because why not i have a thing with the moon yeah you do Make a constitution saving throw, Sarsa. I'm going to say you can do this oh, with advantage because a moonbeam casts down upon you in a five-foot radius. You're suddenly lit up. Make a constitution saving throw. Ah! All right. 19. Ooh, that'll resist. So take 1d10 damage. Moonlight damage. Did you investigate a wall that was already pointing at the moon, or you she, turned, she the turned the thing to the, the moon? Turned it towards the moon. To the moon. All right, I, I misheard you. So, Jen, um, roll 1d10 damage. So you want me to roll the damage? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. What four. All right, take four damage. And you generally recognize, oh, uh, I cast the spell Moonbeam, which, like, stays there for a little bit. Well, I'm going to move out of that area, because I'm assuming that that would be, like, part of the way towards that door that I'm heading towards. Yeah, about halfway. Okay, so I'm gonna move towards that door. Ooh, a shape changer makes its saving throw with disadvantage. If it fails, it also instantly reverts to its original form and can't assume a different form until it leaves the spell's light. You are back to Sarsa! So Moonlight unwerewolfed you. That Mm -hmm. makes sense. (laughs) That's kind of funny. Um... That was okay. totally random. You did that all by yourself. I have. Uh, awesome. Well, she's not familiar with these things, so she doesn't yeah. know. Um, I've taken a total of 30 points of damage. Should I apply that to my health as Sarsa or leave it on my werewolf? Stats? All wolf damage. Uh, okay, well, so... Uh, so effectively, back- so you do transform back to Sarsa right now, and you do not feel extra torn up like the wolf damage didn't seem to carry over to sarsa's form that's good to know um then i'm gonna i'm gonna make my way uh to that door and attempt to open it so you don't detect any particular like opening options you could kind of push at it. You watched Branch as a bear kind of like try to brute force it. That didn't seem to do much. Some claw I'm marks. bring my, uh, my good old spiritual weapon over to this door. And it worked <laughs> Wrench it out of the door that it's still stuck in and like slam it into that door. You well, can roll it, technically it's <laughs> Technically, it's floating. Like it's uh-huh. I just control where it goes. But yes. So I'd like to move that and attempt to attack with that. And that's going to be a 16. As it's moving, uh, Grave is like, 
Uh, Sasa, I think we might need to uh, figure out a puzzle here. Bang! <laughs> <laughs> Zooms fast gravely, heads like directly for Bear Branch, who like dives ah. out of the way, and it hits it hard. Hits that me. like hits that stone door. Doesn't seem this to might be uh, bad. Uh, okay. I don't think it's moving. Uh, Randall, you're out in the throne room. You just watched Torque and the guard go down, kind of in a heap. Uh oh. And then how's Tiburon <laughs> doing? Uh oh. Tiburon's torn up a little bit, but he's okay. He's defeated the other guard. Oh, you were right in your assessment that he was capable of handling that. Got a handful of guts. <laughs> yeah, you did. You're probably most of your attention is directed towards Torque and this guard right in front of you. But like, you're vaguely familiar. You're vaguely aware off to your left that Tiburon's got his hand inside the the guard that he just took down. Uh, cool. He's like me. Um, one of us one of us okay uh, Randall is going to use a bonus action to cast healing word and he's going to um, reach into his bag of trash and he finds uh, like a little bunch of uh, like an envelope that has a bunch of dust in it and he's going to like like blow it like that and that's how he um is going to manifest that spell it's through some magic herbal dust that he has found. Cool. At what? At Torque. Mm. We're saving Torque today. Uh, it's uh, for, for healing. So, Randall, you cast your healing word dust out upon Torque right in front of you, and it sort of like settles down on him. It should work, and uh, you feel it just sort of, like, not take. And Uh you think the, like, the undead aspect of whatever this kind of guard did to take him down, you also get kind of like a close look at this guard and the creepiness and have sort of a similar revelation to Tiburon that, like, that's not normal there's a lot of death here in front of me kind of thing and and for whatever reason the healing word doesn't seem to revive torque it seems to resist it Uh oh um randall will quickly you maybe have had some experience with healing spells that like necrotic damage can't be Mm. healed necessarily and like that's that kind of like feel that something that this thing did is making him not revivable Oh, all right. Randall is, uh, what weapons and armor did they have on them? Uh, the guards were working with great swords and have some, maybe nah, like half plate big. or something on them. It's not going to fit a possum. Uh, they have javelins also. If you take a close look kind of like along there. Oh, okay. Something. And Randall's going to quickly go through their pockets too and like, see if they have anything of, of interest and put it in his in his bag with a javelin. Um, no, like they don't really have pockets. <laughs> they nah. don't really have like again a way that actually maybe for Randall, who is like very acquainted with like the stuff that people have along with them, that more than anything kind of signals signals to you the like unlife that these things are because it, it, it neither of them have any sort of like personal effects or anything tucked away uh, b- besides the like utilitarian things a guard would use 
Uh, what about on Torque? Torque. Um, Torque has the little control that he used to release the binders. Oh, yeah, um, we're take that. Puts it in his garbage bag. Um, I mean, I don't really know what everybody did to the binders, whether those are kind of like laying around or probably they just sort of like dropped to the floor. So as you look around, the little, the three kind of magical binders are probably around that you could pick up. Um, Torque has a few gold on him, like three and some loose silver. Um, and a little, a little amulet with a picture of uh, a man and a woman. Not like an amulet, but like a um, a locket. Yeah, a locket with a picture of a man and a woman in it. Great. He throws it in his garbage bag. <laughs> duke, duke, duke. All right, <laughs> you have all that. Add it to the inventory sheet. You got it. And then he's going to keep heading towards the torque. Torque's man and woman. <laughs> binder <laughs> control. Three binders. <laughs> and you head to the door? Mm-hmm. Okay. Ah, Randall. Yes, where's Torque? Uh, he, he didn't make it. Oh, Oh. Hey, which one was Torque? <laughs> Did you try bringing him back to life? Oh, yeah, it didn't work. Oh. Oh. All right, no one go unconscious if you've been hit by this necrotic business. That that could be bad. Um, that brings us to Riggs' turn. Riggs is looking at his pad, which you can now see because of the lit arrow up above you, and he says, All right, I've got... Uh, a notes here, it says, north is south, east is north, south is west, west is east. Um, all right, so... Uh, Can you say that one more time? North is south, east is north, south is west, west is east. All right, um, so to start with, uh, who knows which way is north? Well, I, I think I do because I'm a, a ranger, so uh, I think I should have a pretty good sense of direction. All right, so give us a survival roll, Gravely, to try to determine I mean, I think north. I have a thing. Can I attempt to assist him on that roll since I've done some wayfaring on the sea? No. Sure, I'll give Sarsa that. She's sort of like from navigating in the ocean where like you don't necessarily, you know, on a cloudy day, you don't necessarily have your navigation. So she has sort of an inherent like sense of like, yeah. Remember which way is north. So you I, both I, sort of have that. I kind of so. look at Sarsa and I'm like, uh, I'll say when we came in, the sun was a bit this way. And mm-hmm. right, if you go again, the wind direction, right? So, well, um, yes, but it, you have to use your fingers. And then think about... Right, but I know I'm doing the thing with the L. Okay, I'm doing that. Listen, I saw Moana. This is how it works. <laughs> the, look, so the do shadow. survival with advantage, gravely. Okay, all right. 15. All right. So I'm going to call 15 a 75% chance that you are correct. And I'm going to roll a D4 to determine if I roll a 1 on this D4, it's going to be that you're incorrect. I'm not going to tell you the outcome. All right, I've rolled that. So you point with about 75% confidence that the uh, wall uh, just to the right of the entrance, you're pretty sure is the north-facing wall. I'm pretty sure that's the north-facing wall, everyone. Uh, and which wall did Sarsa make the moonlight come out of? That was the... If north is correct, then that would be the east wall. 
the, so that the north wall is in between the door you came in and where the um the closed sealed stone door is i think at that point as you all kind of like look around and look at the north and you're kind of like riggs is looking at the figures that he scrawled down starts with north is south the door that you came in closes itself and a figure appears on top of the pedestal in the middle and it's John Fletcher, the Minister of Operations. So his image kind of appears there, and he looks around, appears to be able to kind of see you, and says, you don't want to do this. You could turn around. We don't need to do this. Just just go. It's not worth it. All right, and I'm sorry, can you hear us? Yes, I can hear you. Uh, are you working with Malkadoth? I'm his minister of operations. Yes, I'm working with Malkadoth. Did Look, you not just... get that? Did you see my big desk outside of the throne room? Yes, all I'm right, working with right. Malkadoth. I mean, you know, this is an age of... of a bit sassy! I mean, you could very well be willing to have your own mind, but if you're going to be a follower and a sheep, then fine. All right, okay, you've given us warning. Very well. You want to give us a clue? Or you, or you at least tell us why we ought not to do this. I mean, oh, you shouldn't do it. Don't do it. Like, I just don't understand. You don't exactly have a vested interest in us succeeding here. You seem like good people. I don't want to see you lost. How's that? Mm, unconvincing. I know you knights. I know what you do. I know it's probably not going to stop you, but consider yourself fairly worn. This isn't going to turn out well for you. You seem like a good person too, Mister F- Mister Fletcher. It seems like you could turn back. What What has Malkadoth got on you? I appreciate that, but I am not a good person. Trust me on that. Everyone deserves a bit of forgiveness. Maybe we have it with within our authority to give you a second chance. Please, just tell us. How do we get to him? We'll we'll take our own risk but at least at least you could do is is give us a hint you don't know me you don't know what i've been through don't try to tell me what i can and can't do and the whole point of a trap room is that you can't pursue i'm not just gonna give you the answer um and riggs is sort of just like staring at his notes and says all right all right north is south pointing at the north side and then i'll turn the next wall when he says that i'll turn the thing down all right so you walk into the kind of like step up on a platform that's there it's like a slightly raised platform and turn the north arrow down uh uh, make a dexterity saving throw (laughs) uh i should have cast guidance on myself before i did this (laughs) 26 (laughs) or that'll save um half damage though so 4d6 damage lightning so half of that? No, 4D, it's half of 8d6. So roll 4d6, give yourself that. And sort of a lightning bolt strikes down, hits gravely, and Riggs is like, no, don't do this! Oh, oh all right. Uh, pretty sure we need to do them all at the same time. So don't do that. All right. When he uh, says that, Branch will go over to, I guess I'm at that door. I'll go to the west wall since that should be where the near the door that i'm at uh you and sarsa are together in between the north wall where gravely just got lightning bolted and the east wall where uh sarsa activated a moonbeam all right well head over to the west wall okay 
so you can do that. Uh, all right, all right. Uh, sorry, sorry, gravely. Rig says, uh, "It's fine." North is south. Uh, east is north. Don't do it yet. But if someone could go over there and point it up, pointing. Yeah, I'll do. I'll it. do that one. Oh. Yeah, Sarsa's already right there. So. Oh, so Sarsa's got that. Randall, you take the south wall. Uh, south it. is is west, and west is east. Easy. And Branch is going to say, eh, are we sure that it is that the north wall should be pointed south and not that north should be pointed to on the south wall? Rick stares at his like notepad <laughs> and he's only got, all it says is like N-S-E-N-S-W-W-E. He's like, uh, I'm not, uh. Listen, let's worry about semantics later. Let's just turn it and at the same time and see what happens. Okay. It's very possible I'm off as well, so... All right, everyone, uh, on, on my mark, uh, three, two, one, turn! So you all turn them at more or less the same time. Uh, the image of uh, Minister Fletcher disappears, and <laughs> there's a tense moment where you kind of wait to get, like... And TPK. Electrocuted. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it gets very dark again, but then you hear the like. And then like the arrow relights and uh, that door, the stone door is open. Hey, we did it. Yay. Whew. All right. Well done, everyone. <laughs> How the heck did Malkadoth do that at the same time? Does he have four arms? Uh, maybe he moved very fast. Maybe he can turn into an octopus. I can do that. I know. I'm saying maybe maybe he's got some sort of key. All yeah. right, let's go. Let's go. Right. Branch will lead the way. Fair enough. <laughs> is Branch in Branch form or still a bear? Branch is still a bear. All right. So uh, Bear Branch bear ranch, uh, moves in. Um, this Wait, chamber so is bear again. Bear Branch turned the thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> pause. You just need to move it. I, I specifically picked a bear because it had like some dexterity. All right, sure, sure. He couldn't type, but he can move a pointer. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, this next chamber seems bigger than the chamber you were just in. Um, you hear some sloshing kinds of sounds, and it is also similarly very dark. Um, oh, Tiburon, before you leave that room, can you take my, can you grab my light arrow? I can't reach it. Hi. Just, uh, where, where is it? <laughs> oh, it's, it's hanging the from the it's ceiling. It's in the ceiling. You could probably. <laughs> I, if, if it's a low ceiling. To like I grab can... it out of there, you could actually, because it's in the middle, you could like climb her up on the pedestal that like Fletcher's image appeared on. It's kind of stand on that, reach up and grab it probably. So you grab it, it stays lit. You're able to kind of like walk into this next room with it as everybody presumably proceeds into that room. Oh, and as that arrow moves into the room and kind of lights things up, um, there's like a long path in front of you. It's about five feet wide and pretty far out. You can see a door on the other side of it. And to your right and left, there is deep, murky. Well, you don't know how deep it is, but it's like murky, dark water on either side. 
kind of sloshing around a little bit and moving in and, this and room. It's a, and it's a solid path going forward with water on each side. Yeah, there it's a, like a cobblestone path, which is not the it's not what the rest of the floor has been. It's been kind of like big, okay. solid how, how, square how blocks. Wide is, how wide is the path? It's a five foot wide path. And the cobblestones are kind of arranged in a like uh, grid pattern. How long? How long is this path? Like from us to the door, the other door. Uh, roughly fifty feet. Okay. Are there letters on the cobblestones? <laughs> uh, <laughs> there. No, the cobblestones just like cobblestones. You kind of stare at them. Oh, they seem nice. ominous. Uh, <laughs> Branch like will. Uh, before you do that, uh, Branch will look at Riggs and say, eh, do you eh, have notes on this room? Uh, right. Uh, let me look. Mm. Um, Riggs sort of like looks around and is like, oh, hmm. Uh, it says uh, 3, 10, and 4, 6. That, 3, 10, uh, 4, 6? Doesn't doesn't seem to be quite enough numbers to get us through whatever this is, and I don't know what that means. Branch is gonna reach out a paw and just like push on, push down on, put his weight down on one of the cobblestones. Not enough for like if it disappeared like an Indiana Jones, he'd fall in, but enough to like, you know, that one seems it. solid. All right, yeah, this one is fine. Maybe it means you have to walk on the on one side three steps and then walk the next one ten steps and it's like left, right, left, right. Yeah. Yeah, when you say it's a grid, like how, how many across is it? Is it just one two cobblestones across? No, there's a bunch of cobblestones, so you kinda like count them across. It's about ten across, so they're about like six inch by six inch wide t- cobblestones. And then just like a lot way down. So yeah. you pretty much just see there's some kind of like variation in colors of different cobblestones, but basically you just see that it's from left to right. There's about 10. I give a big bear shrug. Oh, wait, hold on. I might have something. Randall's going to dig in his bag and he's going to pull out another kind of uh, like found bottle that has like a cork stuck at the top. And he's going to kind of look at it and he's going to say, "Air, somebody drink this. What I'm sorry. What what is that? It might help. Somebody drink it. Uh, put it in my mouth. <laughs> oh, Branch. I don't know if that's. I mean, has it been sanitized or? Yeah. Here uh, you go, Branch. Glug glug glug. He drinks what? it. <laughs> what did I drinks just do? It. He has the thing. All right. You can now roll a d4 and add the number roll to every attack roll and saving throw they make for the next minute. Randall says, uh, that, uh, that might not have been the right one. <laughs> I'm out of ideas. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, Branch is just going to take another step forward. That goes okay. Oh, I'd like to cast um, uh, Detect Magic towards the, towards the uh, path. Sure, what's the range of that? Uh, 30 feet. So you like sense the reins of magic uh, within a 30 foot range. You can sense the kind of like spell traps behind you, the 
whatever is infused to cast fireball, lightning, uh, moonbeam, and the last was acid rain. That was the Ooh. the jagged lines. Uh, you managed not to trigger. That's like the 15 feet behind you. In front, you don't get anything from the cobblestones, but you do have a sense from the water of necrotic magic. Oh, good. All right. Um, so, uh, so yeah, um, uh, folks, don't touch the water or try to go in the water because it's it's real bad stuff. It'll drain your energy, I think. I just get a sense about that. Uh, nothing magical about the stones, though. Hey, wait, Bear, give me back that bottle. The empty? <laughs> tink, yeah, tink, give me tink. that back. Right, he spits Randall it out. Takes like, it. Tink, tink, tink. <laughs> Randall takes it and he goes into his bag of trash and he pulls out some tongs and he dunks the bottle into the water Ooh. and then pulls it back up and kind of shakes it off and then puts a cork in the top. Uh, you reach into the water to do that and something grabs you. Make a ah! strength saving throw. Uh-oh. Like a hand? Like... <laughs> Something under the water, so you're not sure what it is. Uh, three. Oh! <laughs> uh, <laughs> Randall, like, dunks his bottle into the water to try to fill it up, and, like, you just see him go down. He is under Randall! that water. I would try to grab him. Sure, make a dexterity roll. At uh, 13. Um, you kind of like dive for it and grab him and actually, like, just get a hold of his tail. I assume you have a tail as yeah, he yeah. goes down. Yeah, like he gets pulled in and your arms get pulled in with his tail and you're just kind of like very buoyed and kind of being dragged towards the water as you feel him being pulled towards hurry, it. Hurry. B- branch. Yeah, I'm going to in my giant bear form, I'm going to go over and grab uh, grab him, trying not to use claws and try to pull him back. Make a strength roll. There, I'll do that. Uh, I rolled a one, but... Oh, I my, but I have my lucky feet, so I'm going to okay. use it. Oh, You're going to okay. re-roll that one. All Seems right, like a good go. roll. <laughs> yeah, I am. And that was much better. I got a 17 that time, plus 5 is 22. Uh, the bear turns and slips on the cobblestones and just like face plants. You're ready to launch and bear, but luckily, somehow, the way you land, your teeth land squarely <laughs> In Gravely's backpack, and you kind of stumble up toward, you know, stumble up back onto your bare feet, and that pulls up Gravely, which pulls up, uh, he's still holding on to Randall's tail, which pulls up the, uh, like, uh, looks like a, like a wet, gross, growling zombie that is hanging on to Randall. The zombie is like pulled halfway out of the water in this whole, like, chain of, of, humanoids yeah. and let's call it there uh, i told you to stay out of the water <laughs>